Welcome to the Daily Grind. My name is Kelly Johnson, your fun and friendly host. We're in episode 35 of season three, the very best one yet. We have a special guest on today's podcast, so I'll keep the introduction short. We'd like to welcome Sid Garza-Hillman. Sid is a writer, nutritionist, podcaster, YouTuber, helping people truly take control of their lives through his unique small steps philosophy. His approach is the exact opposite of quick fixes, diets, and exercise DVDs, focusing rather on long-term sustainable change, increased self-esteem, and confidence in the process. So welcome to the show, Sid. Hey, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, thanks for coming. <laughs> Pause for applause. Oh, for sure. Exactly. Thanks for coming on the show. We are excited to have you on the pod, Sid. Our listeners are beyond excited to learn more about your story and what you do. So, yes, to get the ball rolling here, can you briefly introduce yourself and what you do on your daily grind? Sure. I am a small stepper, but I have a unique approach to that. Um, one that I've formulated over the years I've been doing this. I've had three books published. I'm working on a fourth at the moment. And I'm a nutri certified nutritionist and certified running coach and oxygen advantage breathing coach. So that all folds under my small steps philosophy and approach. I, what I, before I talk about anything specific in terms of food like that with people, I want people to understand my general approach so they can use it to apply it, it to wherever they want actually, but to create long-term change. So I, they always want to talk about food. I go, not yet, not yet, not yet. Here's how you do it so you can stick with it long enough to actually get the benefits of healthy eating instead of doing a quick fix diet and quitting you know, three months later. So that's where I'm at. Philosophy, first of all, my bachelor's degree is in philosophy. So I, I really brought that into the, the specifics of my health coaching now. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, Sid, you have quite the grind going on. So yeah, excited to dig in more, uh, learn more about your background and share your wealth of knowledge with us, with our listeners on the show. So yeah, you talked about a lot of stuff briefly in the intro already. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm curious to, to learn more here. So how do you like first and foremost, you know, stay balanced, you know, while wearing all these multiple hats of, of what you do today? Well, the, the reason, the way I do it is I practice what I preach, frankly, um, living the, in my new book, uh, the most recent one, six truths. I talk a lot about living the example. And I was just talking to a client recently about, I would say a good half of my job is working on to make sure that I too am living by my own word. And that is as a small stepper. So I, when you become a small stepper in the way that I'm, you know, my approach, you get very adept at what I call stealing moments. You are looking for moments. You cannot say, if I'm writing a new book, which I am, I'm going, okay, I got this huge thing laying on my shoulders. Oh, and if you think about the gargantuan task in front of you, chances are you're not going to do it. You're going to be like, forget you kind of, I'll do it tomorrow kind of thing. Small stepping is about saying, okay, well, and this is what I literally had to do. And I, again, this is my third book. So you'd think I'd have it down by now, but I don't. And I don't know why, but this is what this is. So I go, all right, I'm going to open the file today. And I, I play this game with me with myself every time. I look for small moments. Now I open that file. That's all I got to do. Some days I literally, all I do is open the file. But most days when I open the file, I go, okay, I'm here. And I start writing. And then I start being productive. And then one thing leads to another. And I get actually get some work done. But I've been very good about 
training my mind to get work done in five, 10 minutes. I've got three kids. My wife and I both work full time. I run a wellness center. I'm very busy, but I spend a lot of time with family. And it's because I don't go, listen, guys, I can't see you for four weeks. I got to write a book. I go, okay, everyone's in bed. Okay. Let me open my laptop, get 15 minutes done before I go to bed. You know, so I really chunk it up and, and I might, and that might be the third time I've hit that file in a day. I just don't do it all at once. So that's the part of the training of this is really understanding how to grab moments and that you can be very productive with training in those shorter chunks of time. I was just going to ask on, you know, productivity and just being able to space out or other guests that we have on the show, you know, time blocking or just allocating, uh, prioritizing things throughout your day. I'm assuming that's all part of the, the philosophy here. It, it definitely is. I, I would say I'm not a, a time blocking, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I fashion myself really as more like a normal, busy, raising a family, just basketball practice and soccer, but you know, like I'm trying to work around those kinds of things. And so it's not as regimented. A small stepper doesn't say from nine to nine thirty. I ha it's like, oh, here's a moment. I'm going to grab it. I've gotten work done in a car waiting for my son to be finished with soccer practice. Bring my laptop, open the thing. Instead of being on my phone and surfing whatever going on YouTube, I open my laptop and get a little work done. So I'm able to sort of get that done again in littler chunks. And, and yes, there's priorities. And I would say things like the news are low on that priority. You know, like there's things I actually want to get done that are meaningful to me. Yeah, really well said. Uh, I was going to tell you, you're a true daily grinder here on the show. You have all, all things going on 24-7. Uh, you're able to prioritize, but stay organized as well as uh, inspire others out there, uh, our listeners that are tuning in today's episode, as well as how we can live our life to the fullest and you know take advantage and achieve those results that we, we want to get. So yeah, my, my golden question here is like, what was your why to get started in all this? I, I feel like you have, you have such the wealth of knowledge and expertise already. Like what really drove you, motivates you? Yeah, there, I think there was a couple factors. I mean, early in the diet realm, in the food realm, early on, I was a you know lifelong asthmatic and, and I made a little dietary change when I was 23. And my asthma went away and I haven't had it since. So that, that was sort of like, wait, what? And I, at that time, I had just graduated from UCLA. I was playing indie rock music. I'm still a singer-songwriter. You know, I'm going down in a few weeks to record a new album for the first time in 15 years, which is pretty cool. But so here I am playing gigs at night, but I'm an asthmatic. And I, all of a sudden, I make this change. My asthma goes away. And I'm like, this is fantastic. I'm singing. I got no asthma. I'm digging this. And so I started at that point reading nutrition book after nutrition book cut to years later when I moved out of Los Angeles with my wife and we moved up to a small town where we live now. And I went back to school to become a certified nutritionist. That was the point where I started working with clients, but seeing failure almost every time, which is in my definition, they don't stick with what I recommended to them. I felt good about the recommendations. I still do, but they wouldn't stick. They wouldn't stick with it past a month or two. And I was like, why is what's going on here? Am I not good at my job or what's going on? And what I realized pretty quickly, was I was essentially handing them a diet and about 100% of diets fail. And here's why. They don't come along with a training of how to get it done long term. They go follow us for day 21 through day 22. And then good luck with you. And people have no ability to go, well, what do I do on day 23? I'm left hanging. So I scrapped everything as a nutritionist. I went back to the drawing board and said, okay, how do I fashion an approach that allows people to take new information and turn it into long term use and success. Number one. Number two, I also realized this is so not just about food. So my first book's called Approaching the Natural and it's a health manifesto. And it's really in only one chapter is on food. Every other chapter is on all the other parts of our lives that we sometimes put on hold when we go on a diet. Like I can't do that. I've got to spend all my time over here on this diet for 23 days or whatever it is. Some crazy number. 
And so what I did is I broadened my approach. I said, this is health is about multiple areas. If you can be, if you're super stressed about food, sorry, you're not healthy. In fact, you can have physical problems with digestion and things like that if you are super stressed about a healthy diet. So this is a, an ethical issue for me. This is a happiness issue for me. This is a taking four steps back and saying, wait a second, don't make it all about food, number one. And number two, take it easy so you can spend time with this, ease your way in. You manage how, you, how much you do in my approach. It's called awareness-based habit change. I teach people how to manage their stress during the process so they don't take on too much and burn out or take on too little and stagnate. And it's been really successful. Oh, that's that's really great to hear. Yeah, I just intrigued on and speaking of the the timing that we have you on the show here, as well as people, you know, getting to the New Year's resolutions or making that one right. of their goals or objectives to you know improve their lifestyle from the physical, mental, healthy, social well-being. And start a lot of times it starts with that with the diet. So spot on. And in terms of it, you can't just focus on that. It comes with a lot of different factors. Well, yeah, and New Year's New Year's resolutions perfect example. I mean, what what do people do? They come out of the gate. They probably, like I did, eat too much during the holidays, <laughs> and they're coming out going, "Oh, what did I do?" You know, fine, okay, fine. And uh, what I want people to do is like get very clear about what that little spark is in you that says, "I gotta get, I, I gotta make a New Year's resolution. I've got to eat better. I'm gonna do this for the month of January or whatever that is." Right. So those things fail. That's why almost every New Year's resolution fails. Again, it's a diet. It's essentially a diet in sheep's clothing or whatever how you want to look at it. But so if they can at least be identify what that spark and what is that thing in me that wants to do better and live better? Why? Why? Why do you care? Well, I care because I want to be happier and healthier. I want to be with my kids as long as possible. I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to help in my community. Be spend January. If you're going to spend time in January, spend time in January thinking. The mantra I've been using for about three years now is mind first, body second, which means get your ducks in a row in your head. Find out who you are and what you want to do in your life. And if you're very clear about that, chances are you won't go on a diet because you know diets don't work. They're not going to deliver you happiness. And instead, you're going to say, okay, I want to do all these things. I'm going to take my time here because I want to do it right. And I don't want to do it again. I don't want to do – when I have clients, sometimes they've done 20 diets by the time they get to me. They're exhausted. I had a client recently. She's like, I'm exhausted thinking and talking about food. I go, yeah, because it's exhausting. That's not even who you are. You have – all these things, you're raising a family and you're in school to do all these cool things. Why waste your time talking about food every day? It's not going to, you know, like that's, that's where people are at in this process sometimes. So spend, if you're, you know, make a New Year's resolution, if you're going to make one, to think about and set your goals, to know who you are, to know how you want to live your life. Then take some time to like achieve that in different areas and mellow out. Don't go all the way out of the gun, you know, starting gun, boom, and you, they, we go running, sprinting and we, and we burn out. So that's what I would recommend. Oh, really well said, Sid. And then, yeah, can you kind of fast forward us today then too? So that was that was your first book, but then you've also wrote a few other books since then. You have podcasts, you're, you're YouTuber, you have a lot of different things going on. Yeah, so, so my second book was called Raising uh, Healthy Parents, Small Steps, Less Stress in a Thriving Family. So Raising Healthy Parents is, of course, a turn on Raising Healthy Children. It's turning parents um, uh, you know, onto themselves and saying, well, wait a second, if I'm expecting, if I want to have a healthy, happy family, I've got to figure out how to make myself healthy and happy first. And sometimes I'm a parent of three, but sometimes as parents, we put our needs on the back burner in theory for the good of the kids. I got to take care of my kids. I will do my creative pursuits later. I will take care of my, I'll eat better later. I'll exercise later. I'll get some sleep later. And yet those things are, are really at the detriment, are detrimental to the, to the function of the family. 
So in my book, I, I argue that you have to take a certain amount of time for yourself. I have very real tools in there, obviously related to my small steps approach as parents. I mean, I had twins, you know, for the first four years, my wife and I couldn't even believe we were walking around. We were so exhausted. And, and yet we both carved out time to exercise, not as much as we do now that they're older, but we did some, sometimes it was 10 minutes jumping on a little trampoline and that's all I got. And I, and I took it. And my wife did too. We were like, we're taking this, right? So I'd be with the babies and she'd go jump on the trampoline for a few minutes just to move our bodies, thinking about things and in, in just getting things done instead of going, I really should exercise, doing it. So that was Raising Healthy Parents. My third book is called Six Truths, Live by These Truths and Be Happy, Don't and You Won't. And that was really where I broke off from anything health related. And although I mentioned things a little bit in the book, but it's really a, about happiness. What I'm really realizing is that every move to go on a diet and every move to go on a DVD plan is a veiled attempt at, at being happier in our lives. And those things can deliver, you know, look, I'm a nutritionist eating well can make you happy. I mean, it's physically hormonally, there are effects in your body that actually affect your mood. Gut bacteria affects your mood. There's very real things about that. Being fit, being strong, being functionally strong. It can, it makes us happy. Absolutely. But not if we're beating ourselves up in the gym, not if we're going on diet after diet and losing the weight and gaining the weight. That's very hard on our bodies on a physical level and very hard on our minds on a mental level. So the new book, Six Truths was again to kind of back out. It's a philosophy book of saying, here's some ideas and philosophies and an approach to happiness under that umbrella. Of course, I always say eat like a happy person, you know, which means if you can know how to take care of yourself first and make yourself happy, you'll be less stressed around food. You'll be less reactive around food. You'll be a happy person. And the way they eat is if they want to treat, they do it and they don't feel bad about it. They don't feel shame about it. They go, this is fun. Great. And most of the time they eat really well and they nourish themselves, not to lose weight, but to take care of themselves. And that's a mental, again, a mind body a mind first, body second kind of approach. Really well said. I really enjoy the mantra that you have too. It's very simple to remember, really straightforward in terms of like sustainable change, but it comes down to action and really connecting the two with your work, what you've done and inspiring us or kind of, you know, setting us up for, to be on track to what we want to do to achieve that success, whether it's in physical, mental health, whatever, whatever category here. But yeah, just speaking of in terms of, of, of the books you've wrote, um, it also ties back into your overall small steps philosophy. So can you, can you tell us more about that? Sure. And I think you, you act well, I don't think you nailed it when you said action. You know, I think people are happy when they're acting. You know, I don't think we're happy when we go, I really should be doing this. I'll do this tomorrow. We're, we feel good when we do something, when we get off the couch. And I've, I've had a client one time, her first exercise step was one minute walk around the living room. Not even kidding. Now that developed into an actual exercise program, but it started with one minute around the living room. And that was just enough where she wasn't dreading it. It was no big deal, but it got her up. And it began the process of establishing a habit of movement every day that eventually grew into something that was substantial enough to make a difference movement-wise. So essentially what I did with small steppers is I said, okay, I don't wanna, people talk about small steps all the time, but my, my approach is different and here's why. Because what I'm doing is empowering people to manage their own stress along the way. I'm not saying everybody starts at one minute around the living room. For a lot of people, that's way too small. Well, I'm training people to know what is their small step. Everybody's small steps are different and can or can be different. Somebody's small step. I've had, uh, pay, I've had clients with cancer. Their small step of food is to change their diet overnight. 
literally an overnight change because they stick with it. Why? Because in their lives with cancer, they're motivated. They're like, tell me what to eat. I'll eat it right now. I don't care. It's not stressful for me. For other people, doing that is a nightmare, and they'll slog through and burn out all their willpower, and they'll they'll eat the per so-called perfect diet for about you know three weeks, and then they'll burn out or whatever. However long that that, that everyone tries to nail down, nail down exactly how long about 30 days. Anyways, um, so the small steps approach says, okay, I'm going to train you via awareness-based habit change. That's my core strategy to, to, to know how to manage your steps. And, and people literally work from a steps list and the steps list isn't a shopping list. It is a meditation, journaling, creative, creative, creativity, movement, socializing, decluttering the home, productivity, in, in, and eating and fitness, any any area in their lives where they want to bring in a healthy habit that will achieve a better life for them to move them closer to their ideal life goes on that list. And along the way, they manage that list. Sometimes they decrease steps. Right now, as I'm writing a new book, I'm doing less YouTube. I don't, I don't post videos very much. That's it's not even on my steps list, but that would be something where I go, okay, I'm doing this now a little more over here. I'm going to do this less. I don't do it at nothing, but I do it less. So you kind of prioritize and you move things around and people are trained in my approach to do that. So they say, well, I can't do everything the equal amount. I want to spend time with my family. I don't spend eight hours a day writing a book and eight hours a day running my wellness, running the wellness center at the Stanford Inn where I work because I wouldn't have time for family. Family is my number one priority. So I'm, I'm going, okay, so I'll write the book at night after they get up or I'll write it in the morning before they awake. I'm sorry, at night before they go to sleep, in the morning before they get up, and I'll and I'll grab again, steal moments to just kind of get those things done when I can. So the the small steps approach, my small steps approach, essentially trains people to think that way. It's a mental toughness training. It's saying I'm standing in line at Starbucks instead of looking at my stupid phone on social media. I'm gonna do some thinking. I'm gonna do some slow breathing. That's where my breathing coaching comes in. But again, only first when they realize how to do this first. Then I say, okay, here's what you could do in those moments. Or if you want pure, if you just want fun. Go on the news that's or go on social media but make it a choice i don't take junk food away from people i don't people not i don't tell people not to do social media what i am saying is here's the things that bring you joy and happiness here's the things that are pure fun do them both but watch the proportions because if you're always on social media i've had clients with digestive issues and they want me to fix their diet and i go your diet's fine you're spending five hours a day on facebook arguing with people that's why your digestion isn't working and i'm not kidding that kind of stress is debilitating so that's what it is. In a nutshell, it is training people how to manage, be becoming more aware and engaged in their lives, manage their stress so they can take on things, new things in their lives long enough that they become habits. I really like that you enjoyed that you kind of dove in deeper, just like from the front level, the initial level, you don't see it. You think it's like, oh, swap out junk food for this and that, but yeah. it really comes to stress. It could be work related. It could be job related or even oh, yeah. things outside of the realm that you typically wouldn't see. And uh, great examples too. Like my next question would be too, you probably get a lot of people that respond to you, emails, DMs, whatever, uh, success stories. Can you share with us? You mentioned the one client that you had that, that short, they increased their physical activity. Uh, but like, would you like to share any, um, Anything sure. on the episode today? Yeah, one of my favorite stories was a woman I worked with who came to me, of course, to talk about food. And then usually when they come to me to talk about food, I always go, we'll talk about that in about a month. And they always go, what? I go, yeah, we'll, we'll get there later. Because if I dive right into the into the food thing, then they're like going to the shopping, you know, they're going to the market, buying everything and, and, and being regimented and militant. And that's not how I roll because I don't think it makes people happy. I've never met somebody who wants, who goes, I really want to be militant about food. Okay, so <laughs> if they want to, I'll be like, I'll help you there. <laughs> but they've never wanted to do that. So, so anyway, so in this work, 
one of the first things out of the shoot, remember mind first, body second. So one of the first things out of the shoot is I say, okay, let's spend some time thinking about your ideal life. If you were living your absolute ideal life, what would it look like? And write, and I have them write it down in present tense. So they don't say, eventually I will. They say, I live in this city. I work in this place. I own my own business. I am at a healthy weight. I'm, I, I don't, I don't feel, you know, I don't beat myself up when I do something wrong. I, I'm, I'm happy. I have a good relationship, whatever it is. They write it. I don't write it. They write it. I help them. I help them write it. If they're stuck on something, I go really picture it, but this is you. It cannot be about me. Once that's done, then they move, they move into the implementation phase of getting themselves closer to that ideal. Now, as you, as you liberate your mind in this way, you realize it's not about getting to the ideal. They may never get the exact job that they wrote down in that thing, but the, it's the, in the movement, and I tackle this in Six Truths book, it's the action moving toward it. It's feeling good that you're moving towards something, that you have a goal, that you are inspired every day to get up and do things. Anyways, in that quick work that we did within a week or so, she kind of glossed over this thing where she said, I'm a novelist in her ideals. I said, and so here I am a nutritionist and help. And I go, I go, what's up with a novel thing? And she goes, well, I, I was, I, I'm working on a novel. I go, cool. How often do you write it? She goes, I haven't written it for six months. Now here's where I, that's, this is my training as a coach. I go, okay, wait a second. What's going on here? Well, I'm busy with this and I'm busy with that and I should be doing it, but I don't, but that, that, that. So I said, okay, let's back off a little bit. Let's do our first small step, which is going to be you getting back into your novel. So she starts working on a novel. I think it was five minutes a day. And, I, and it's always the question of what can you do starting today that you go, yeah, that's easy. And for her, it was five minutes. She's like, I, I can do five minutes. That's no big deal. I go, perfect. There's your first step. So she begins writing her novel five minutes a day, just five minutes a day. I go, sometimes you might open it and you might not actually write anything, but you're reading what you wrote. You might edit some things. You might think about things. Now, of course, she's got the novel back on her radar now, right? So she's feeling inspired. Now she's at work and during lunch hour, she goes, I was like eating lunch. I was like thinking about my book again. Ah, making herself happy. Within three weeks, she said she walked into her kitchen after work, which is what was her habit to get home from work, stressed, didn't like her job, walks into the kitchen, starts eating, right? This day she comes in, she goes, I walked into the kitchen and I turned around and walked out. She goes, I had other stuff on my mind. She goes, that's the first time I've been able to do that. And she continued adjusting and affecting her diet before we even had a talk one about food. She had a general idea about how to eat healthy. She had a very good idea about what she was eating that wasn't healthy. Most people do, but it was the novel. It was getting something back that was inspiring to her, that gave her something to think about, that gave her, that gave her joy and pleasure in her life and overall lowered her stress that affected her food habits. And that to me is the ultimate success because it isn't about food. It's about, are you happy? Are you doing things in your lives so that you don't have to go into your kitchen and snack when you don't want to? And that's what, that was what, one of my favorite stories. Really great example. Thanks for sharing, Sid. I think it really hits home here too on the Daily Grind, our audience that's tuning in each and every week. True Daily Grinders, they get, you know, they're busy nine to five job and then they have their side hustle. They have other extracurriculars or things going on in their life. They're always on the go. So uh, you uh, talking about them kind of uh, with, with her um, being able to minimize those distractions or doing something that she enjoys. We really yeah. preach here on the show, being passionate about what you do. So that kind of leads me to my next question as well. You know, what about your business like resonates with you, like your work and everything? Well, you know, I, as a, I used to be a, um, you know, I said a musician, a singer, songwriter, I still am not as, talk about priorities. It's not, it's not my main priority. And I really liked performing. I liked making people um, <clears throat> feel good in theory. Um, I was an actor full time in Los Angeles for years. I made my living as an actor. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the feedback I got. This, what I work, this work I do now with, 
and I've done for over 10 years now um, as a coach, what the small steps coach is incredibly fulfilling. So it is like, it's, it's like I'm on drugs in a good way. You know, like I work with clients and I see, I see wins that they're getting, that they're doing the real work. I'm coaching them, but it's not me. I'm not a guru. I don't want the, my success is that people end up not needing me at all. That would be amazing. And so yeah, seeing that happen, seeing people take control of their lives, seeing people realize like, Hey, I, like I didn't overeat. I've had people say I didn't overeat for the first time in 20 years and not because I said, here's how much portion control, make sure it's only one ounce. I go do something fun for five minutes before you sit down to eat. And that was, that was another success story. She, she had a small step of walking around for five minutes and listening to an audiobook. That was her idea. Um, before she ate dinner, I didn't tell her what to eat. I didn't tell her what not to eat. I said, just for five minutes, just walk around. I'm not taking food away from you. You, you can binge at this point. We're not there yet. But guess what? She does something enjoyable and calming, sits down to eat, doesn't overeat. She goes, I haven't, over, I, I haven't not overeaten in 20 years. I didn't change anything. I didn't tell her what to eat or not to eat. And that's my point here is it really feels good to me as a coach to be doing something else. I can get people to lose weight in a, ha- in, a, in a month. That's the easiest thing in the world, but it's not fulfilling to me. And it wasn't because that's what I was doing in the beginning. I was giving people healthy diets to do and they would do it for a month and feel great. Then they wouldn't be able to stick with it. And that's when I said, I can't, I don't like this anymore. This is not fulfilling to me. This work that I do now is very fulfilling to me. That's great to hear. So uh, kudos to you and all you've done. You're inspiring a lot of people out there, including today's episode, people that you work with directly or indirectly. So uh, new daily grinders that are tuning in today uh, come across our podcast or even your platform as well. So uh, just goes to show, you know, your reach goes far beyond uh, the episode and everything. So yeah, just speaking of different problems or things that you've seen, uh, whether it's with your clients or just people in general in, in the field here, like what are some popular problems, including like, you know, you mentioned before, like with the distractions or things that you come across that people struggle with uh, to, you know, find that happiness or that, that right nutrition? Yeah, well, I think that, you know, it's all, there's multiple factors, right? So a big, big thing for me recently is I'm doing, been doing a lot of research and reading and testing on myself on sleep. So people don't sleep enough and they over-caffeinate during the day because they're tired. And then because they over-caffeinate during the day, they don't sleep well. And it's this vicious cycle. Add to that bad diets. Food with fiber in it has scientifically been shown to improve sleep because, of course, it affects the it, it improves the good gut bacteria. So um, there's a link to all these kinds of things. Breathing, how we breathe, how we many people are over-breathing. We're breathing too much because we're stressed about our jobs and our relationships. Social media. You know, I quit all social media in 2018, literally wiped it clean as an experiment. And I don't, I'm not telling people to, to, to quit all social media. I am saying that it's, I call it mental nutrition and physical nutrition. Physical nutrition is food movement. Mental nutrition is things like what we read and what we put in our minds. Well, social media is, is the junk food of mental nutrition. And so it like food, junk food, I don't tell people not to eat it. I just tell people to do it on occasion, know that it's not healthy and that it's fun and that's fine, but too much is not good. And that's what's happening. Children in this country, suicide is a leading cause of death. Uh, anxiety and depression are through the roof. Add to that COVID on top of that. It's been a nightmare for kids. Um, but a big factor in that is social media. It is not helping people. The social media companies know it's not helping children. They, they continue to do what they do. So I, as a, as a father and a, and, a, and a practitioner and a husband, wiped it clean. I said, I'm not, I just want to see what it's like to not do it. And when I, Kelly, I'm not joking. When I deleted Facebook, my hand was trembling. When I actually hit the delete button, my hand was trembling. I thought this is probably not a good thing if I'm physically trembling when I'm deleting a program. And so 
those are the the struggles that people are having. You know, it, it, people want in my I argue in my six truths book, everybody wants to be happy. They want it in different ways, but we all want to be happy. We have families and we have real struggles and I have them too. And that's why I always want to make sure that clients understand like I'm struggling day to day. Two days ago, I was around candy and I literally said to my daughter, like, can you please take this away from me? Like I can't, you know, I could feel myself <laughs> losing control. And I've been doing this longer than anybody because I invented the approach. And I literally, my kids go like, oh, oops, because they, they go, here, I'll take it, <laughs> you know, because I'm aware of that. To me, that's me being strong for two reasons. One, I'm admitting that it's hard for me to be around food that, by the way, is engineered to be addictive. A jelly bean is. It's not. This is the struggle. People get mad at themselves. I'm like, you think a Big Mac isn't engineered for you to walk back in that door at, as, the, as soon as possible? It is. So we're against that. So it's playing on the dopamine drug part of our brains. It's very hard for us to get on top of that stuff, jelly beans included. So if I'm going to choose to have some jelly beans, great, it's a treat, but I can tell when I'm sort of the hands going back in and it's almost without control. And so I think it's a strong position to train people to say, hey, I, can you help me? Can you take this away from me? Which my kids now, they kind of smile and they go, dad, I keep get this out of here. And they, <laughs> they take it away. They're really good about it, right? But the second reason I think that's strong is because as the example that I'm setting for my kids, not that I'm this you know, robot that is never tempted by jelly beans, but they get to see how you, how one can move through that reality and still live a healthy life. They, they see that I'm afraid of things. They see that I'm nervous about things. They see me work through those things. I'm very vocal and very transparent about that. My wife and I are both with our kids. I don't want them to say, oh, my dad never was stressed. Like I'm stressed all the time. How do I manage my stress? Because there's real, as you know, in this world with everything that we're doing and dealing with, it is a very stressful and weird world. We are so far away from what's natural. Hence my book, Approaching the Natural. That was my idea of like, how do we get a little bit back in here? Because we're getting way far away and it is not good for us. We're outside of nature. We're outside of socializing. We're, you know, and so one of my, one of my truths in six truths is social media ain't social. You know, know what it is, but it's not social. It's not sitting us, it's not sitting around a dinner table, talking to friends and family and having a glass of wine. That's not what this is. This is, this is argument and vitriol and craziness and comment culture. And it's best, best served in, in very small amounts. So yeah, that's, that's what I, I see if people are struggling. They want, they think that eating a healthy diet is going to solve everything. It won't. Um, it's a great, it's a great factor, but it's, it's kind of going back to the drawing board and, and, and like you said early, prioritizing really what's important to you and then making moves to, to include more of that in your life day to day. Yeah, really well said. So this is this is great. Uh, again, good takeaways for our listeners tuning in uh, just in regards to just being aware of what's what's out there and how things uh, in your own uh, environment, your local environment, as well as even from that online uh can affect you in terms of stress or other aspects of your of your life when you spoke about like stress or leaving like and uh you mentioned to your your runner i'm an avid runner so i i go oh, on that cool. run as a as a stress reliever but that's Good. just one one i guess one way i can help uh minimize that type of stress but there's other different ways that can you can over improve that healthy uh mind healthy healthy body and and things of like that so yeah speaking in terms of of your approach you mentioned early on that, that long-term focus. Can you tell us more about a acting upon long-term and that sustainable change? Sure. I mean, the thing about, you know, we, we in the West, we have this kind of idea that if I have a headache, I take Tylenol and the headache goes away. If I have a bacterial infection, I take an antibiotic and that's all great and amazing. However, 
in the healthy living realm, it doesn't work that way. You don't change your diet for three days or go on a seven day cleanse and become come out the other end a healthy person. That's not how it works physically. It's we're complex physically and mentally, and it takes time. Therapy people who are in therapy, they don't go to one therapy session and go, I'm cured. It's it's a it's a it's a long-term endeavor. What I am training people to do is get past this idea that that food, if I could just go on a 21-day diet, it's gonna solve anything. It doesn't. So the benefits of, of healthy diet, the benefits of as you know, as a runner of exercise, in fact, if you are not running and you go out, if you're not a runner and you go out the door and run 10 miles, what's going to happen? You're going to get injured, <laughs> right? And that's how that works. So if, and people, and it's funny because I've asked this to clients, I go, listen, if you are not a runner at all, never run, and you want to run a marathon, how long is it going to take you? And everybody always says probably like a year. I go, that's probably about right. If you started now and you eased your way in and guess what? That's the small steps. In a sense, that's a small step. Everybody understands that. They, they conceptually understand they cannot go out the door and run a marathon tomorrow. But yet, they're going to change their diet overnight. And they technically can change their diet overnight. They technically can because they can just eat different stuff. But mentally, it's the same thing as going out the door and running a 26-mile, 26.2-mile run tomorrow. It's not, you're not there yet. So the long-term, the benefits of healthy eating, the benefits of exercise are when they are established as long-term habits. You, you have to eat healthy for a while, months, if not years, before you really see the long-term effects of healthy eating. It's not an overnight thing. You don't, just because you lose weight, I mean, you know, people who do really fat, like the biggest loser TV show, those people are, there's science showing now that they're damaged potentially, permanently, hormonally. Because of the such a violent shift in their in their weight, they have appetite, weird hormonal balances that they're going to be over hungry, feeling it forever. They have messed up their physiology physiology so severely. So there's a real argument to be had to ease your way in on these things, to manage your stress so that you're not taking on too much and blowing it blowing out and getting overwhelmed. And so yeah, so I'm trying to I'm trying to get people to the point where they go, healthy eating is amazing. And that's because they stuck with it and they've been doing it for three or four months. And they go, wow, I've never felt better. That's because they took the time to do it right. Yeah, I think, again, going back to the intro too, like can't uh, you know rely on those quick fixes. It's definitely that longer term approach to have that sustainable change that uh, you continually can incorporate into your lifestyle or habit so it's it's that right that right balance and not something you just like throw away after after the month of january because new year's a new year's resolution or whatever so yeah yeah exactly right so going back going back to your book your latest and grace so six truths uh what was like your aha moment in in starting to write this uh you know in the work it's usually from client work i have an online program called small steppers that people you know are into so i'm i'm feeding off their experiences a lot when i'm realizing like like i did like i said as a nutritionist early on when i would give somebody a plan they wouldn't stick with it i use that information i go well, wait well, what what's going on there like oh wait okay okay one of the unforeseen responses i got from small steppers is people go i, I don't i find that i'm not beating myself up anymore didn't see that coming that wasn't like a thing that i go i'm going to train people to not beat themselves up but it works that way and they go by the way i used it to declutter my home i go whoa what what you know i used it i'm being I, productivity at work i go wait what this was it kind of started as more of a healthy eating fitness long-term healthy arena kind of thing but people are using this mindset to achieve all different kinds of areas. So it's it's been very cool to, to see that. Um, and so I'm feeding off my client work to go, what really is at stake here? Six Truths was an offshoot of like, can I simplify happy living? 
can I simplify this in a book that here I have, I use it as a coaster, but anyway, <laughs> right here, you can see it. I know your listeners can't, but it's not a big book. This is a little manifesto. I don't have anecdotes in there. I don't have case studies in there. It is bare. It's like right boots on the ground. It's broken up. So you can grab a page here and there. And it's really like, can I crystallize this in such a simple way that people understand that they go, okay, it's not easy to be happy. And I, one of the truths is there, it, there's no substitute for hard work and there never will be. This is hard work. Living a good life is hard work. Having a successful marriage is good work, a hard work. Raising children, a family is very hard work. Why would anybody do that? Why would anybody have kids? It's hard work. You do it because it's fulfilling. But hard work is what it is to do every area of your life well. It takes hard work. And we try to shy away from it by doing a diet, which is somebody going, I'll give this to you for no effort at all. But it doesn't work because there's no effort at all. So six truths was like, listen, here's here's what it takes, in my opinion. Oh, that's great, Sid. Yeah, listeners tuning in, we'll put uh, in the show notes where to find Sid's book, Six Truths, and grab a copy and start reading. I'm excited. I do enjoy that it's very it's easy to read, and you don't have to consistently read every single day or an hour, or whatever length. It can be those quick quick bursts uh, throughout your yep. day. Small steps of reading, Kelly. Small steps of reading. <laughs> I like that. Small steps of reading. That's great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so speaking of six truths, you also, you tease this too. You're, you're working on another book in addition. You got a lot of stuff going on ahead. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. Yeah, I'm working on a new books on ultra running. So I'm an ultra runner and, and uh, direct an ultra marathon that's going to be in its fifth year this April. I had to cancel two years because of COVID. So it, I ran it four years and then canceled two years. And now we're back in April, uh, knock on wood, um, but April 23rd. And I'm really excited about it um, that that's happening. Anyway, my, my book is ultra is about ultra running and not really a training book. It's more of a like more of a philosophy, it's kind of a little bit of a memoir. My publisher had an idea. He's like, why don't you make it kind of a little bit of a memoir, like your experience with ultra running, but also what you've learned from it. And I said, that's kind of a great idea, because, again, I'm not a good runner. I'm a I'm a very mediocre sort of middle back to pack back of the pack runner. I do it for the joy of it, not to pay attention to times. I don't even wear a watch when I run. And so I'm just out there kind of like you are. It's stress relief for me. It's, it's uh, getting out in nature on trails for me it was, is where it's at. And uh, so that's what I'm working on. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Wonderful. Yeah, we're excited for you down the road. Uh, no pun intended there. Uh, yeah, there yeah, yeah. Uh, the small steps and everything. That's, that's really exciting. We'll have to get you back on the pot or something, you know, to, to talk it. about it. And your running experience and everything in general. So again, another great with it, with your experience wearing again, multiple hats. Uh, yeah. Tell us more about other things. Our listeners can tune in to follow your story in regards to like your YouTube channel podcast. You got a lot of stuff going on. I do. Yeah. So the podcast is called what Sid thinks. I had a po- an early podcast when I put my first book out, <clears throat> when it, when it came out uh, approaching the natural. So I launched the approaching the natural podcast and I ran that for 222 episodes every week for 222 weeks, never missed a week, which is kind of an amazing thing to look back on. I had seen it play itself out. Uh, so I, I shut it down at 222 episodes, not on purpose, but it was like, okay, we're time. And then I took a break thinking I was maybe never going to podcast again. But of course, I started having ideas for things. And so six months in after that, I launched a new show called What Sid Thinks. And that's very much more broad. I would put it that way. Approaching the natural is definitely in my realm of small steps and healthy living. I definitely discuss those things and what Sid thinks, but I'll also turn left turns and talk about literally anything that comes to my mind. So that's been really fun um, and really, and, and short, like it's, they're like 20 minute hits, you know, like I go in, boom, 20 minutes out and not, not on purpose. I don't think I've ever even done one over 30 minutes for some reason. And so that's been really cool. YouTube, pretty active. I have over 275 videos on my YouTube channel and I really enjoy that medium. It's a lot of work. 
so right now with the book, like I said, I'm, I'm with a, a book and I'm the podcast. I'm kind of not doing as many videos about once a month or twice a month, maybe. And other than that, I run a wellness center at a resort here in Mendocino. Um, and I teach nutrition and cooking classes there. And I, and I've been there for 15 years. I love that. It's called the Stanford Inner Resort and Jeff and Joan Stanford own it. They've been very supportive of, of my work. They sponsored the first year of my race. Actually they sponsored my race, but they were really good about like, let's get, we'll help you get this done. So I launched my race that first year, which was really, really fun. So yeah, so keeping my, keeping myself busy and the music like amazing. So I quit social media in 2018 hadn't really been writing songs at all. I swear, I can't prove it, but I swear it was because I quit social media. I started writing again, wrote a whole album's worth of music over the last few years and sent it down to my, my drummer down in who lives, still lives in Los Angeles. And he, he helped, he's excited about it. And over the last six months, he, we've been finding other musicians to play. And so I'm going down in two weeks to record a whole new album in Los Angeles. So I'm super excited about that. It's been a long time before, since I've been doing that. And so I'm looking forward to doing that. Oh, that's awesome. So a lot of great stuff on the horizon for you. Uh, yeah, the podcast, I, I think that's great. Uh, again, short and simple or short and sweet in terms of you can uh, sometimes for me as a podcaster, I feel like I get over a few hours. It's like I'm I lost the uh, lost yeah. interest in it. But uh, yeah, I love the topics you have, you know, productivity talking about different stuff that comes across your own daily grind, which is great. And then, uh, yeah, from the YouTube channel for our listeners that like to tune into more video video oriented content again a lot of great resources you have underneath your overall brain and everything awesome to have again having those extracurriculars um other activities outside such as music for you i think just to have that overall balance so yeah just speaking of having balance of uh of your life or taking control how can our daily grinders you know take control of their life right now well, I would say mine, again, I'll be sound like a broken record, mine first, body second. I think as much as they go, well, I, I got to eat better. I got to start exercising. Take a few days, literally a few days, and journal and write down. If, if it's three minutes a day, open a journal and write down kind of like what you would picture your ideal life to be. What, 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 how would you want to be living if you could do everything you wanted to do right now? And then, and then begin doing that in a way that you don't go all in, in especially one area, you know, like only one area, like do a little bit of creativity. Creativity is, creativity is a big one for me because Joan Stanford at the end at the Stanford Inn is a, is a creative, uh, she's an art therapist. <clears throat> so I, creativity and I've been a singer songwriter for, you know, 30 years. And so it, it's a really, I learned a lot from her, but it's a really big part that people put on the back burner. They're like out oh, painting. That's stupid. It's not stupid. You know, that is a part of our human species. Our ability to think creatively is an incredible part of us. And so if oftentimes I work with clients like that novelist I told you about who have used to be a guitar player, used to paint, used to write. And part of small stepping is bringing that back in. They can't bring it in the way that they used to. I used to play music every day before I had children. Well, I can't do that now, but I don't have to not do it. I just do it once a week. And it's awesome. And I love it once a week. It's fantastic. But people have to get their heads around that. They go, well, I used to do it every day. So I, to do it again, I have to do it every day. No, you don't. You're in charge. You have a different life now. Do what you can that makes you happy in doing that. And so it's, it's really bringing in all those kinds of things that, that make you happy. You just don't have to do them all at once. And you don't have to do them for hours. But once you're clear about your ideals, then you just start saying, okay, today I'm going to start with fresh fruit for breakfast one morning a week. That, that's it. That's going to be my, my small step into healthy eating. I'm not going to take things away and have to change my whole family dynamic or I'm going to have a salad tonight with whatever else we eat. I'm going to have a side salad. That's, that's my first small. And I've, that's not a joke, Kelly. I've started on many clients with that. I've started clients with one stock of celery. Their diets are so horrific with junk food three times a day that I stock it with one stock of celery because it begins their process 
of eating healthy food every day. Enough? Not yet. We're there. We're not there yet. But it begins the process of them identifying that they have the strength to do this, and they have the ability to do this, and they have the time to do this. I will start with one stock of celery, then that turns into two stocks, and it turns into a side salad, then starts into you know fresh uh, a snack of of cut veggies and hummus, you know all these kinds of things. It evolves, but right now at the beginning, it's on their radar, and they get excited in a really good way, not overexcited in a diet way, but like, I can do this. I'm empowered. I have confidence. I can get this done. And that's what, that's what gets you there. Our really good uh, takeaways for our listeners tuning in today's episode. Uh, those small steps, uh, again, very straightforward to lead to that sustainable change in the long run. So yes, uh, we are the Daily Grind podcast here. That's our name. What does the Daily Grind mean to you? Well, I got to tell you, it means coffee. I roast my own beans, Kelly. I know. It's crazy. I roast my own beans. I've been doing it for 20 years. I love coffee. I don't drink a lot. I drink about up, no more than about two cups worth of coffee per day, and I do it before noon. That was just kind of my research of, of caffeine and stuff like that. Anyways, but part of it is the daily grind is just is action. You know, I like what you said. Like the daily grind is action, and we can, we can kind of put a smile on our face and go like we're in the daily grind, but we can make it a lot better on ourselves. We can like, make it a lot more fulfilling on ourselves, and I think the way you do that is you look for moments. If you got to go to work eight hours, you can't you or nine hours. You can't find nine hours of of recovery time. You don't get that because you have to also, you also have to sleep. But you can have a half hour before you turn on a TV show, half hour of painting or playing guitar or talking to your spouse or partner. Like little moments like that. Find those meaningful moments. Then you can do the other fun stuff too. So that's what it means to me. Oh, that's great! I love the definition. Perfectly enjoying my cup of coffee as we're as we're talking on the podcast <laughs> today. Go. So yeah, in, in closing, Sid, we talked about your daily schedule. What do you have going on for your daily grind uh, later this year? Uh, you know, back half of two thousand twenty-two. Well, first for first and foremost, my race is coming up April twenty-third, two thousand twenty-two. So right now, I'm started getting the gears rolling. My volunteer coordinator is starting to kind of put things together. It's not a big race; it's about one hundred seventy runners. Um, I have 100, another 102 on a wait list right now. So it's, it's sold out in five minutes. It's crazy. It brings people in from 18 states. It's nuts. So it's really fun. So I'm sort of getting the ball rolling on that, working on the book, doing the recording. So as the year progresses, um, I'll still be working on the book for at least for a couple more months before it gets to the publisher and into the editing phase and all those kinds of things. And then the record, the recording, I'll be in, ha- at some point in the next few months, will be going back down to Los Angeles to mix it and all those kinds of things. So that's kind of what I've got going on. Once the summer hits, that's the busy season at the resort. We have retreats and things like that and fun. Not You don't have to do retreats, but there are retreats that people come and do cooking, healthy cooking retreats and guided hikes and all those kinds of things. And I'm in charge of, the, of most of that stuff. So yeah, and, that, and that's uh, kind of takes me into the, into the fall already. And hopefully my book will be out later this year probably that's a little early at this point so maybe in spring of 2023 wonderful yeah keep us posted sit on what you got going on good luck with the race directing in everything sounds like it's going to be quite the event uh, especially too coming off of uh of covid and the pandemic yeah. and everything so uh, me as a runner i can speak for all the in-person events going on the calendar right now are super exciting so i can just imagine uh, what you got going on too uh and then yeah best of luck with everything else that you're working on uh with the book and down the road inspiring others out there so speaking of inspiration do you have a word of the day to motivate our listeners out there even a quote or a saying my, uh, mind first, body second. That's why I'm, I'm going with that, Kelly. I'm going with it because it works. Mind first, body second. Mm-hmm. Yep. Straightforward. I think it fits perfectly with today's episode, your story, what you encompass and everything. Uh, last but not least, Sid, if our listeners have questions, comments, want to get in touch with you after the show, want to follow you, uh, how can they do so after the podcast? Best place to go is SidGarzaHillman.com. It's all one word, SidGarzaHillman.com. 
Um, to find out more about My Small Steps, they can do two things. They can go to smallsteppers.com. They can get to a, a free six-part video um, that leads them into if they want to sign up for my 12-week online program, which is phenomenal. And I do live Q&A, so you're seeing me personally during that process. Or some people prefer a one-on-one -on -one coaching, so that's smallstepintensive.com. So either smallsteppers.com or smallstepintensive.com. And you can sign up for a free call with me to talk about it and all those kinds of things. So that's where, that's where those three places would be the best places to go. Okay, great. We'll put Sid's contact info in today's show notes as always. Thanks again for tuning today's episode. A big thank you to Sid for being on the podcast. Kelly, it's awesome to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for tuning into the Daily Grind this week. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, we are at Daily Grind Pod. Please also remember to visit our website, www.kjfwi.org, and shop our merch. Until next time, my name is Kelly Johnson. Have a great day. This episode was produced by the Kelly Johnson Foundation with music composed by Connor Christian.